And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am coming to you from Studio Omicron, deep beneath World Headquarters here in Kansas City. We are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. Glad to have all of you here. The live chat is open, and we're going to be testing a new widget today, assuming that we have anybody contributing to the conversation over in the live chat. We have a new tool that hopefully will integrate with our broadcast software. It it seemed to pass the test that we did yesterday, so we'll see. We are available as a podcast as well. You can find this show as well as the H2O podcast on a number of different podcast player platforms. Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Apple, Stitcher. So if you have a preference, you want to listen instead of watch, that is more than okay. We do have people listening all over the world, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Russia, Iceland, Germany, Brazil, Canada. It's good to have everybody uh, with us in whatever form you consume. We're glad to have you along for the ride. So, So yesterday took the day off. Um, just to catch up on a few things and uh, did manage to get the review out on the second star by Alma Alexander Uh, that's been sitting in my queue for a while I've needed to get that thing out and complete now finally do so uh, that is over at sci-fi for me.com where you can also see her appearance on this program uh, from a while back. And you can sign up for our newsletter. And, of course, we have all sorts of places where you connect, can connect with us on socials. And we've already updated this list uh, because we went ahead and connected our YouTube channel to our Rumble account. So that's now on the list. If you've got a piece of of, uh, review material you want to send to us, there's our mailing address as well as all of the different social media channels where you can find us. Probably way too many, but, you know... We don't put our eggs all in one basket, right? All right, so... um, The news out of Germany, and and this is not going to be... This is not going to be our topic. But the news out of Germany this morning uh, has me back again 
contemplating, and every time I contemplate, I talk myself out of it, uh, doing a politics channel, although I don't think that it's a very good idea. I mean, I, I could, you know, set up the channel and I could talk and say what I think about things and, and hold my own and I think it would do okay, but... I don't think I would ever see the light of day again because it would be a constant thing and I and I have a tendency to need sleep. So uh so the politics channel is probably I keep talking talking myself out of it uh which is probably the smart thing to do. So we'll see. All right. So today's topic though. Uh kind of dovetails office politics. Instead of real-world politics, I am dressed for the occasion, by the way, my Welcome to the Rebellion t-shirt from Drunk3PO and, uh, I think, Nine Line wardrobe. Uh, uh, so, uh, so let's talk office politics with Lucasfilm, because we have some new rumors on the Kennedy question. Cats, Kathleen Kennedy, a Schrodinger's Cats, Leith, uh, Schrodinger's Kathleen, Schrodinger's cat. Is she or is she not? Reminds me of that song. Is you is or is you ain't my baby, right? From from Louis Jordan. The Kennedy question. It continues to vex us in the Star Wars fandom, and I want to take you back through the timeline because when when Disney first bought Lucasfilm for four billion dollars, I think it was in 2012. Everybody said, wow, this is this is a monumental deal. This is groundbreaking. This is earth-shattering. This is going to change the paradigm of everything because, you know, George Lucas is no longer going to be Lucasfilm. It's not going to be George's baby. But then we heard that Kathleen Kennedy was going to be the president and we thought, oh, okay. Well, she's got the history with Spielberg and with Lucas uh, through the Indiana Jones movies. And by all accounts, all of our impressions, everybody thought, well, okay, this is going to be a, this is going to be an okay thing. You know, she made her, she made her speechifying that says that we're going to protect the legacy of Star Wars and Lucasfilm and everything that George has done. Okay, fine. And then she didn't. And there are a lot of people that are upset with that. Now, the sequel trilogy, the first one, the Force Awakens did fairly well at the box office, two point something billion dollars. And it was a fairly decent setup, not necessarily a great setup, but there was a lot of potential there with, you know, and we all we all knew that there was going to be a handoff to new younger characters because, you know, you have to you have to allow for that. You have to plan for that. Because Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill were not getting any younger, and they're not going to be around forever, and so we set up the next generation to take over the franchise. It's understandable. We knew that this was going to be a part of it. And with Ray and Finn and Poe, we had potential with those characters. It wasn't fully realized in that first outing, 
And then Ryan Johnson does The Last Jedi, and he breaks the franchise, polarizes fandom, and it's at this point that we start to realize Kathleen Kennedy may not necessarily know what she's doing. And the media coverage of Star Wars and Lucasfilm at the time gave us an indication, and we did get some people actually admitting to this, where media outlets were saying nice things about Star Wars in order to maintain their access to things Disney. Now, all of this didn't come out right there at the time, and after... The Last Jedi polarized fans, and after Solo lost money, there was a little more scrutiny on what decisions were being made and who was involved. And of course, you get the rotating door of creatives. Lord and Miller were out, Ron Howard's in. Benioff and Wise are in, but then they're not. They opted for the Netflix deal instead. You got Colin Trevorrow, who was supposed to do Episode 9, and because of what happened with The Last Jedi, Trevorrow couldn't do the story that he had planned for 9, and so he left. J.J. Abrams steps back in, reluctantly, and made an absolute mess of things with The Rise of Skywalker. Of course, he was already behind the eight ball. We've talked about that before. He was essentially set up to fail... Maybe not deliberately, but Ryan Johnson did quite a bit of harm to the, the cash cow that could have been and wasn't. And all the while, we're hearing about creative differences. Lord and Miller, creative differences. <clears throat> And then you have Rogue One, where you have Gareth Edwards uh, directing the film, and then pickups and, and reshoots and new material being shot by Tony Gilroy to fix Rogue One. <coughs> Excuse me. Creative differences have also reared their heads when it comes to Patty Jenkins and Rogue Squadron. We'll get to that here in a minute. And after all was said and done, after, after, I guess, maybe about a year, year and a half past the rise of Skywalker, it became okay to admit in the main media that the sequel trilogy was not very good. We had a number of articles that finally acknowledged what many fans had been saying from the beginning, that the, the sequels were a hot mess. And J.J. Abrams even admitted there was no plan. We probably should have had a plan, he says. Yeah, probably should. And the question always comes up, who's running the ship? Who's in charge? If you go back and look at Star Trek VI, for example, when Jim Kirk and Leonard McCoy are on trial in a Klingon court, 
And Kirk says, as the captain, I'm responsible for the conduct of the crew under my command. Well, if you take that and apply that to real-world circumstances, the managers, the, the corporate executives, are responsible, ultimately, <clears throat> for what everybody does at that, comp- at that company for which they're executives. And in this case, Lucasfilm, all of the missteps, all of the misfires, all of the errors and mistakes and failures... As well as the successes, to be fair, they get to be laid at Kathleen Kennedy's feet. And I would dare say that there are more failures than successes at this point. And the successes have come not from Kennedy's camp or the High Republic or the Story Group, led by Pablo Hidalgo, but those successes have come from the television wing under the creative vision drive of John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Now, we have a, a, a rumor, there's word, Kamar Pasha has said that he's got a friend who told him that when Favreau saw the sequel trilogy, he contacted Lucasfilm and said, let me fix this. <clears throat> word is that Favreau hates the sequels. And then an interesting thing started to happen. You had the the fandom menace, and you had this group of people, this group of fans and YouTubers and, and bloggers and various different people that were out in the in the internets, in the interwebs, who had been saying this kind of stuff all along, that Kathleen Kennedy needs to go. That... Star Wars' current year was a failure, was a boondoggle for Disney. And the only bright spot in the entirety of Star Wars was what Favreau and Filoni were doing. And I've pointed out on more than one occasion when The Mandalorian was first announced, when they were first talking about it at Celebration in 2019, Kathleen Kennedy was very quick to say, one, it's John and Dave's baby, and two, she got off the stage and let them have it. And my theory at the time, and I still believe this, was that in 2019, Lucasfilm knew that Kathleen Kennedy was toxic to some fans, and so they reduced and limited her FaceTime, her public on-stage time during the entire event. And my theory at that point was they were minimizing Kathleen Kennedy's presence at, at Celebration in order to minimize the amount of negative feedback that they would get. I have not seen anything that would indicate to the contrary. And then... This comes out in Forbes. It was an op, op-ed piece by Gene Delvecchio, who was a marketing guy. And this is, I believe, from March 11th of 2021. This all happens this year now, remember. <clears throat> in March of 2021, this article from Forbes, Disney firing of Gina Carano was confusing and hypocritical. 
indicating lacking sound management, it says. And there were people that sat there and said, ooh, shots fired. What does this mean? What is this article here about? What is, what is going on here? And our friend Cameron Pasha says, this is, this is the first salvo. This is the beginning of the end for Kathleen Kennedy. And then we get an article from May of 2021. This from Variety, the headline, Disney's New World Order Leads to Confusion and Bruised Egos. This is the industry trades talking about the restructuring of the Disney corporate machine and the revision of executive contracts. There were not going to be long-term contracts anymore, but they were going to be shorter one-year, two-year contracts. Giving Bob Chapek a little bit more wiggle room, I guess, but also establishing with this article that Bob Chapek is starting to take over. It's now Bob Chapek's show not Bob Iger's show. And of course, Iger's been sitting there in the background this whole time because he didn't leave when he was originally planning to because of all of the pandemic and the lockdown and all of that. <clears throat> and then we get, a few months later, in July, August 2021, uh, this was from June 21st is when it was actually published online. This was an article in The Atlantic now, the current headline, Can the Mandalorian Save Star Wars? But the original headline, well, it says here, How Disney Mismanaged the Star Wars Universe. But the original headline, A New Hope for Star Wars. And this article is now, this is the society page. And the way, and the way Pasha, uh, Cameron Pasha uh, characterized it, Forbes is the money Variety is the industry. The Atlantic is the cocktail party crowd. And all of this builds and starts with Gina Carano's firing as the tip-off point. Lucasfilm is being mismanaged. Business angle. Industry angle is Bob Chapek is shaking things up with the executives. Kathleen Kennedy is an executive. Now the Atlantic comes out and says, Kathleen Kennedy needs to go, and John Favreau needs to be put in charge. So this, this whole thing is almost like it's an orchestrated campaign to set up Kathleen Kennedy's departure from Lucasfilm. But wait! Is she or is she gone? Is she not? Because now, over the last, I don't know how many months now, the last four or five months, the question has been, okay, we're going to get to October. Her contract is supposedly up. What's going to happen? Are we going to get an announcement that Kathleen Kennedy is retiring? There was some speculation that She's going to stick around as long as Indiana Jones 5 was going to be in production. That's her, that's her next baby. Of course, we have the Willow TV series going up on Disney+. And that's a Lucasfilm project. 
We have the Acolyte. We have Rogue Squadron. We have Taika Waititi's movie. We've got Ryan Johnson's trilogy. There's all these irons that are still in the fire. Is Kathleen Kennedy going to stay? Or is she gone? Is Bob Chapek exerting his executive control? Is he putting his foot down? Is he deciding that it's time to go? I don't know. Okay, let me see. I want to look at something here. Ha! See? Okay, now I see Tom in Midnight's Edge in the chat. And I've got this widget that's supposed to be supposed to be pulling in the chat. I wonder if it doesn't activate until after. Let me do that. Let me see. This is a brand new thing here. <coughs> there it is. Hey, look at this. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> We've got chat. We have chat. We got it working. Yes. All right. So Tom at Midnight's Edge says, I think it'll be like we've been reporting. Uh, Favreau and Filoni will oversee everything and she'll just sign checks and smile for the press. And when Indy 5 is done, she'll retire. It, uh, my, our, our chat is working. I'm happy. I'm happy camper. I'm a happy camper. This is great. Okay. Now if we just figure out the Facebook integration because it's supposed to be able to pull in Facebook comments as well, <clears throat> but it's not working, but the YouTube widget is sci-fi snob here says there's been endless speculation on this. Not sure what the point is. The point is to keep people speculating about it and to keep talking about it and have tongues wagging about it because the new stuff that's come out this week continues to be a, a source of confusion, controversy, speculation. And the speculation is, I think, part of the formula. I think if they acknowledge one way or the other there's going to be a group that responds negatively. And I think that's one of the reasons why you didn't have anything in the trades about her renewal. You saw this in various different places, picking up from the Puck article, which we're going to get to here in a minute. Tom says, you're right to a point. It's been a back and forth for the past year. It has, because uh, because that way you keep people talking, you keep people wondering, and they keep coming back. What's happening? And of course, in all of this time, we have YouTube channels, you know, Midnight's Edge being one of them, Doomcock over there at Overlord DVD. Uh, Cameron Pasha has been making the rounds to various different places. And, uh, and, and the speculation in all of this has been... Is she or is she not going to continue at Lucasfilm? And as we get closer to October, people are paying more attention. The tension is building. The 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 let's let's figure something out. And so now we have and and Sci-Fi Snob asks this: Why continue to speculate if no new info comes out? There is new info, and what we're going to be talking about here is a rumor. That's come out this week. Um, 
it, uh, well, let me back up. It wasn't something... Th there is a rumor that came out this week, but it dovetails off of an article from Matthew Baloney at Puck. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this here real quick. Uh, the headline, It's time to take Star Wars movies away from Kathy Kennedy. And this is dated November 15th. So this is re relatively recent. Matthew Baloney, former editor at The Hollywood Reporter. And he is uh, following up on the news that Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron has been taken off the production schedule indefinitely due to creative differences. Now, originally we heard that it was a scheduling issue. Patty Jenkins being committed to the next Wonder Woman movie and various things that are getting in the way. But the date that Disney picked on the calendar for releasing Rogue Squadron is still reserved for a Disney movie. Disney Star Wars movie, maybe, but not Rogue Squadron. And Bologna has said that it is, it could be Bologna or Bellany, it, uh, it's creative differences and Rogue Squadron is done, gone, off the production schedule, as is Ryan Johnson's trilogy. And people pick up on this. Oh, what? What is this? But he also says in here that Kathy Kennedy got her contract renewed for another three years. And of course, there are a number of outlets that are picking up on this and reporting the rumor because we don't have anything officially confirming this yet. But it does seem that Kathy Kennedy is going to stay on for another three years at Lucasfilm as the president. And what does that mean? <clears throat> is there going to be weeping and moaning and gnashing of teeth and we're all going to wear ashes and sackcloth for three years? Not so fast. We'll talk more about that when we get back. Stand by. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's an interesting question. I think it's a very good question. It's a good question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for Me to be there asking all of the questions. It's an interesting question <laughs> you're asking. You know, you ask very good questions, <laughs> but you, you ask such a perceptive, it's an excellent question. Now you've put your finger on... <laughs> Uh, you put your finger on exactly the heart of the book here. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with you. And... Schrodinger's Kathleen. <coughs> Sci-Fi Snob says, I think this is a social experiment by Disney to see how much they can get us talking with less info. And there could be something to that. And it would possibly dovetail. Yes, it could be their new marketing plan where... We're going to lie about things. We know that lying is a is a is a way that people market now. I know J.J. Abrams has done it. Um, 
Stephen Moffat has done it. It's not a very smart thing to do, but it does get people talking about your product, I guess. Uh, you know, that whole um, any press is good press. I don't know. So we'll see. But anyway, okay, so so Matthew Bellani uh, is the first to report this, that he has sources telling him that Kathleen Kennedy's contract has been renewed for three years. It gets picked up by all of the usual suspects, screen rant, comic book resources, comic book movie, all, the, all of the different uh, all of the different genre fan websites. But it does not get reported and still has yet to be reported in the trades. Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, none of them, as far as I can tell, have reported officially that Kathleen Kennedy's contract has been renewed. Nor have we gotten any kind of a press release or any kind of official word out of Lucasfilm. There's nothing on their website other than she's she's got uh, she's listed still as the president. And <clears throat> yeah, uh, Tom says they broke it a few months ago. Mikey Sutton. There were there were a number of people that have been talking about this coming down the pike. But all of that was before October. And, you know, October, you, you expect, well, if she's getting her contract renewed, we'd get some kind of an announcement. Especially since we just got through Investor Day and the whole Disney Plus Day. That would be a perfect time to sit there and say, oh, by the way, we've got all this great new Star Wars content and Kathy's sticking around. But they didn't do that. Now, I caught uh, Cameron Pasha on Force of Light Entertainment's channel yesterday talking with uh, Nat and Michelle over there, and he spins out a scenario that sounds relatively plausible to me. Um, <clears throat> when he's, he's talking about when he was the head writer at Tron Uprising, the animated uh, series, and Cameron being Cameron, speaks his mind and they decide they don't need him anymore but the deal that they gave him was we're going to keep paying you and you stay home and keep quiet and we're not going to have you writing for the show anymore so for a while for the remainder of his contract he was still being paid by the show but not working on the show and he's speculating that possibly there's something going on similar to that with regard to Kathleen Kennedy and her role at Lucasfilm being more of a figurehead type of affair and okay that sounds pretty good and some of that is based on this coming from WDW Pro this week on thatparkplace.com, his new website, the rumor, John Favreau and Dave Filoni to take over Star Wars movies. And a number of us have been saying that this would be the best idea anyway. And it looks like maybe it could be happening. Uh, so, reading from the article, uh, it's been a great week for being right, and I'm not saying that to brag, I'm saying that because it's been bizarre to see things I've leaked exclusively here at that park place all started being confirmed in just a few days. Now, we've had other people reporting on this stuff, Mikey Sutton being one, like Tom pointed out, Midnight's Edge has had some information, Doomcock has had some stuff. Uh, so, this has been around for a while. But, 
it sounds like John Favreau and Dave Filoni will be in charge of everything, and Kathleen Kennedy will be there to sign the checks and be a face, a figurehead. This is her golden parachute. Maybe she's got some involvement still in Indiana Jones 5, but that's been delayed a year. But they're not going to just fire her. WDW Pro says, quote, Sources I have are telling me that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are being handed the keys to all future Star Wars movies for the foreseeable future. They plan to create a Star Wars cinematic universe that is wholly their own. All that is left is a bit of extra pay negotiations and budgetary concerns. Kathleen Kennedy, while in charge of Lucasfilm for the next three years, is being stripped of any control of Star Wars outside of the Acolyte, which may get canceled, and some tertiary projects. Interesting. Is there anything to that? Sci-Fi Snob says, people get fired all the time, why not fire her? Because of Hollywood politics. Uh, as we've uh, as we've noted here, uh, and and it's been discussed on a number of channels, Kathleen Kennedy is a very powerful, at least as far as perception goes, she's a very powerful female producer executive in the Hollywood machine, and there are certain things, protocols, if you will, the the cocktail party crowd has certain expectations, and you don't just fire her, you're not just going to frog march her out uh, the door, but, you know, you say nice things, she's going to be feted, and she's going to get all these awards and all this acclaim on the way out, we really appreciate everything that Kathy has done, and she's going to retire rather than be fired from that, because it would be an embarrassment for her. Despite the fact that the movies that she has been in charge of have not performed to expectations. But it's a it's one of those delicate, shall we say, prospects to fire Kathleen Kennedy because of her history, her longevity in the business. I mean, she's been around since Raiders of the Lost Ark. And she's been associated with a number of very popular, very successful, game-changing, industry-changing film projects. How much she's actually done on those. Now you can go back and you look and you hear what Steven Spielberg says that she was great at getting coffee and interrupting people. So how much she actually contributed to the success of films like E.T. or the Indiana Jones trilogy yet to be determined because hindsight being what it is there are going to be people that speculate that she just had her name on there and handled the office stuff you know ordering paper and coffee and art supplies but she could very well have been very hands-on as a producer in those projects so who knows but her tenure at Lucasfilm has demonstrated that for whatever reason, whether it's Kennedy meddling in the creative aspects of things, or if it's Kennedy's, um, Kennedy's uh, acolytes, let's say, people in her camp, you know, we keep hearing back and forth the Civil War in Lucasfilm, and there's 
There's the George Lucas camp and there's the Kennedy camp. And there could be something to that. And we might still see that some of that is in play here. See Stephanie in there? She was riding coattails. Uh, she thinks she's a phony. It may be. But this, this speculation now that she's just going to be a figurehead and Dave and John are going to be the ones who take over everything, what does that do for all of these projects? What does that mean? If Rogue Squadron is completely off the production schedule, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is completely off the production schedule, then <clears throat> what is she going to be doing other than just collecting a paycheck and sitting in an office all day drinking coffee. Sci-Fi Snob, if she was so involved in good films, why does she screw up Star Wars so bad? That's an excellent question. That's, it's, I mean, what is she doing? But from a fan's point of view, what do we want her to be doing? I mean, do we really want her involved in the creative of any of this stuff? Tom says you can't pick directors. I I think See, I I don't know about that. I I think there's there's something to be said because it worked for Marvel with Feige coming in and bringing in people that didn't have a huge long track record. Uh, or it was an unexpected thing, like Kenneth Branagh coming in to direct Thor. It's not something that you would normally associate him with that kind of project. And it's possible, maybe, that Lucasfilm was trying to do that kind of thing where you bring in uh, you know, young, upcoming talent. But, you know, like, like Tom says, she's fired more directors than we've had completed films. That's true. Because the whole creative differences thing from management meddling in the different things that were going on. We've heard about that. Lord and Miller getting fired from Solo. And now we have creative differences with Patty Jenkins. I'm wondering, because now we're starting to get our first mentions of Michelle Rejwan. And that's a name that we've had in the media coverage before, but not very much. But in this, in this article from Bellani where he's talking about uh, the creative differences, he mentions Michelle Rezwan. And now I have to wonder how much she's got to do with any of this in terms of what creatives come and go and stay and get fired or leave or whatever. So there's still a number of questions in... Who's in charge of what? I mean, Michelle Rejwan started as an assistant to J.J. Abrams, and now she's a vice president at Lucasfilm. That's quite a jump. And it makes me wonder if she's actually in charge of anything or if she's just another figurehead on the, on the corporate flowchart. Sapphire Snob says, I think Kathleen wants to direct. She thinks she can do it better than the people she hires. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything that would indicate that she actually wants to direct a movie. I and she doesn't have what it takes to direct a movie, I don't think. Because it is it is uh it is one thing to be a nuts and bolts numbers put all the resources together type of producer. And it's another thing to be a story creative type of producer. They are two different animals altogether. And it's rare that you find producers that can do both. Feige has, for the most part, I think, been successful with that. And if you, if you look at how the Marvel Cinematic Universe has run up until now, at least, through the first three phases, and this is something that I've said a while, that it's a television show. Kevin Feige is the showrunner, and each movie is an episode in that TV show. So the showrunner is responsible for the creative direction of the series. Head writer, you've got the writer's room, and various different directors rotate in and out, and they come and go. But the showrunner is responsible and, and manages the continuity of the brand. And I think, I think, this is pure speculation on my part, I think Kennedy was trying to do the same thing and not successful at it because her vision for Star Wars and everybody else's vision for Star Wars were not compatible. It's one of those things where... You have a number of different stories that are out there, and we don't know what's... I, I think there's a little bit of truth in all of the different pieces, but you put it together and you get a kind of a, a, a Picasso mosaic. It doesn't really look like anything yet. Maybe. Uh, Stephanie says, uh, WDW Pro keeps saying Kennedy is an executive producer on Indy 5. If that's the case, she's had her job as producer taken away from her. I can't find anything that mentions that. That's the other question, is what what involvement she has in Indiana Jones 5. Because Steven Spielberg and George Lucas are still going to get producer credits on that film, whether they do anything or not, because they created the character. And I think that Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy could be you know, could have the same kind of arrangement where they get a producer credit. It's like, uh, like, uh, like Louis, uh, Louis Esposito or, or, or Ike, Ike Perlmutter over at Marvel. They get credit because they're executives at Marvel. They don't, they don't get credit because they're involved in the creative process of the film. They're, they get a, they get an executive producer credit because they're bosses at Marvel. Stan Lee the same way. When Stan Lee was alive, he was getting an executive producer credit, but he wasn't doing anything except the cameos. It's a it's an honorarium. It's a it's an acknowledgement that you've got something to do with this. It could be symbolic for some people. I mean, associate producer credits get thrown out left and right to different people, you know, the producer's girlfriend or the producer's 
wife or the driver, you know, it, 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 whatever. Associate producers are dime a dozen, depending on what they do with the project. It could mean something. It might not mean something. <clears throat> uh, Stephanie says Indy 5 is also an extended Christmas break. It Well, see, the thing about it is, though, the the Indiana Jones 5, the whole production has been pushed back. So it's not even going to come out next year at all. It's it's now slated for, I think, June of 2023. So they have plenty of time to shoot it, but they'd better get it done before Harrison Ford dies. That's all I'm saying. So I'm looking at this, uh, I'm looking at this widget for the chat and it has it has stopped pulling in chat why is that let me see if i can get this going again is it on a time well there we go all right so now all right Uh, D in the chat. Good to see you there. Cutesy job titles, courtesy job titles. Yes, uh, I that that happens a lot when you see a number of different executive producers and producers and producers and executive producers and co-executive producers and associate producers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob. The widget is called Twidget. And it supposedly gives me uh, the ability to pull in chat from YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And I know that YouTube and Twitch work. The Facebook link apparently is not. It connects, but it doesn't actually pull in any comments from a Facebook feed, at least as far as I have been able to determine yet. So... It's it's a work in progress, according to the to the to the 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 um, change log over there. Uh, now Stephanie brings up a good point. Ivan Reitman, executive produced Ghostbusters six, uh, 2016. Yes, but uh, we know that Ghostbusters 2016 was not a thing that Reitman would probably want to acknowledge now. I mean, Dan Aykroyd even came out afterwards and said. It uh, it didn't make enough money, and the director spent too much money, and he's not going to be doing it again. And there's an acknowledgement, at least, on some fronts, that Ghostbusters 2016 was a failure. And however much people want to make out that it made more money in the opening box office weekend than Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to have longer shelf life. It's going to it's going to have legs, especially given that it's a a pandemic era film uh, that's that's doing really well in the theaters. All things considered, when you when you take that into account, uh, that that plus the fact that we're in the middle of a of a terrible inflationary period. Uh, and well on our way to a stagflation economy. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Asterisk. So, so it's 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 good that you mentioned Ivan Reitman because that that gives me a, a a compare and contrast opportunity here, because you have Ghostbusters Afterlife 
that essentially does the same kind of thing that we were expecting The Force Awakens to do. To honor and respect and acknowledge the legacy of what's come before, and we knew it was going to hand off to another generation, okay, fine, but it still has to do it in a way that's consistent with the established continuity of the franchise. Ghostbusters Afterlife does what the, fan, the, the, the Force Awakens did not. It gave us that scene as best they could. You have the four of them, and, and spoilers here, you have characters from the original film In the current film. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it that vague. What The Force Awakens did not do that everybody wanted was Luke, Han, and Leia in a, in a scene together. Just give me one shot of the three of them together in the same room. And we didn't get it. And then Carrie Fisher died and we couldn't get it. And that combined with what happened with, with The Last Jedi, combined with the political environment that obtained after the 2016 presidential election when half the country lost their collective minds, Hollywood and the media most especially, you have this perfect storm of everybody now hating everybody else. This us versus them carried over into all of it. And when Kelly Sue DeConnick sits there and says, you don't like my politics, don't buy my book, you can apply that to everything. If you don't like The Last Jedi, then don't buy the Star Wars stuff. And everybody went, okay. And the sequel trilogy suffered at the box office because of that. Solo lost money because of that. Ghostbusters 2016 suffered because of that. Well, if you don't like this idea, you're a sexist. No, it's this is a dumb idea. You're just doing a giant Saturday Night Live spoof of the original film. It's a bad movie. Do something original. And Sony wanted to have it both ways. They wanted to sit there and say, well, this isn't connected to the other ones. This is a reboot. This is its own thing. But at the same time, in the marketing, they wanted to say 30 years ago. And they wanted to connect it to the other stuff. But then they said it wasn't connected to the other stuff. And the marketing was so disjointed and, and, and contradictory to itself. I don't think Sony even knew what they were, what they had in terms of Ghostbusters 2016. They even renamed it Ghostbusters Answer the Call. You know why they do that? Because Ghostbusters Answer the Call didn't get trashed in the media, didn't get trashed by fans, didn't get trashed on the YouTubes and the blogs. Ghostbusters 2016 did. So they changed the name. 
That's kind of like that movie that, uh, uh, oh, Adam Sandler did. This was 1989 when this movie came out. It was called The Unsinkable Shaggy Moskowitz. Only you won't find a listing for The Unsinkable Shaggy Moskowitz anywhere because they renamed it Overboard when it went to home video. Because the unsinkable Shaggy Moskowitz is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Yeah, Sci-Fi Snipes, Star Trek Generations tried that handoff. They, they did better than I expected. It wasn't great. And... The writers, you know, Roberta Orsi has come out later saying we shouldn't have killed off Kirk. You know, you have buyer's remorse after a certain amount of time. But the market being what it is, if something doesn't work, you have to make adjustments. Sci-Fi Snipes says, changing names work. I change my name every time I declare bankruptcy. You know, I have I have sat there and thought to myself, uh, you know, wondering if I need to create some kind of online persona for certain pursuits, but uh, I think it's a little bit too late for me on that. So anyway, so there's there's where we're at. Kathleen Kennedy still maybe president of Lucasfilm. And I don't think we're going to get an announcement. Like Tom said earlier, we didn't get an announcement last time her contract was extended. Although we did get Bob Chapek in the, in the investors call one time saying, Oh no, we think Kathleen's great. We're going to keep her here for forever. I mean, we did get that at least, but there was no official announcement. I mean, the change on Dave Filoni's job description took a year before it was actually acknowledged and made public. As far as him being a creative, you know, chief creative director or whatever, the, whatever his new title is, that was in effect for nearly a year before they changed the website. And, you know, for all practical extents and purposes, Kathleen Kennedy is still the president of Lucasfilm, but if the stories are true, she doesn't have any control over anything. And if there's a question on the Acolyte, whether that's going to move forward or not, may give us an indication as to whether or not Kennedy still has anything going on at that Radio Retrofuture, I see in the chat, wondering if I should rebrand myself. I think I think Radio Retrofuture is kind of cool because it's it it says exactly what you guys are doing over there with the steampunk stuff. It's very cool. Go go check out Radio Retrofuture's channel and Sci-Fi Snob's channel. Anybody that's got a channel, go check out their channels. Midnight's Edge has a channel has two I think two channels. So there we are now. After having gone through all of this, the other question that still remains out there, which I think I know the answer to this, but things could change. What does this mean 
for Gina Carano. Because Kennedy has done interviews and she's hinted that the the younger characters, the new characters, Rafe and Poe, Kylo Ren, they could come back in some way, shape, or form. Their stories are not done. Adam Driver has come out and said he'd be open to it. His criteria for determining what projects he gets is what director he's going to get to work with because he's, he wants those opportunities to work with great filmmakers. Do we get a Poe Dameron Disney Plus series? I mean, he's doing Moon Knight right now, Oscar Isaac. Do we get a Ray Palpatine series on Disney Plus? Do we get to explore Finn's force sensitivity on Disney Plus? Because that might be the only way that it happens. And they have to be very careful about this, not to, not to go to that well too many times, because we're seeing now with the Marvel shows, Hawkeye not performing as well as the other shows. I think it's down 40% from Loki's opening numbers, at least according to some reports. Ahsoka is moving forward. That's one of Filoni and Favreau's projects. Will Rangers of the New Republic get revived at some point? Will they get some kind of resolution with Gina Carano and bring her back? I don't know. Stephanie says there's no way Chapik was going to say anything negative about Kennedy during an investor's call. That That's, yes, that was very much corporate speak. Everything's fine. We don't have any problems. Nobody's going to acknowledge that to the investors. Even if the investors sit there and say, hey, Why'd you, fire, why'd you fire Gina Carano? They even have cover for that. Because all they have to do, and, and we've talked about this before, all they have to do is sit there and say, well, that was somebody popping off on an email. That was never an official thing. <clears throat> we didn't have her under contract because we didn't have a story for her character at a time. But now we do, and here's Rangers of the New Republic, and oh, hey, everybody's, everybody's happy again. There are ways to get, get out of that hole. We'll see. Because in the meantime, Gina has doubled down on all of her uh, socially unacceptable cocktail party questionable behavior on social media. And uh, we've got the, the Western that she's working on now, and she's got this, uh, this next project that she's working on, playing a Secret Service agent for the Biden family on, uh, on the, the Hunter Biden biopic. And then uh, the, the other one that she's doing for Daily Wire, the first one that was announced, which is now appears to be the third one in the queue. She's staying busy. The question, besides whether Lucasfilm will bring her back, the question, and the other question, the flip side of that, is whether she would even want to come back. And we'll see. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I, uh, I think we can chalk this up as, uh, as a successful uh, 
as a successful um, run test for Twidget. Um, uh, all right, I'm going to let that one pass. I probably shouldn't, but uh, I'll let that one in there. All right, so that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for being here. If you have ideas and speculation about what's going on at Lucasfilm, you want to share your thoughts, the email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. We have comments available. You can leave a comment on any of our channels. You can connect with us on our socials, which are everywhere. I'll put those up again. And if you've got material, if you've got a book or if you've got a comic book, or you've got a radio play, if you've got some kind of a project you want us to review, you can send that to us, our mailing address there. And uh, all of the video channel platforms and all of the social media platforms, all of the connections there uh, that you can find us. And if you want to throw some money our way, we've got a tip jar account over PayPal. We've got a subscribe star account. Uh, and that goes back into the resources here to keep doing what we do here. And coming up this weekend, we've got a brand new Good Morning Multiverse at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. We'll have the week's headlines, and it's already looking to be uh, a pretty substantial load of headlines, information, and news from all over uh, so tune in for that. And if you're brand new, we do invite you to subscribe to the channel. Have your notifications turned on. We are on the road to 2,000 subscribers over on YouTube. And uh, on Odyssey, we're, I think, sitting at 148. So if we could get up to at least 150, but if we can get up to 175 by the end of the month, I would be happy with that. And over on Twitch, we have cleared 100 so we're going to be doing a watch party, and I believe we're going to try to do The Princess Bride. We've just got to figure out a time where we can all sit and watch that together. So be looking for announcements there. And we'll do this all again next week. Monday, we've got Money Talk with Dan and Matt. And on Wednesday, Richard Hogue will be here from Hogue Law. And we'll be talking about the Activision Blizzard debacle. Uh, Ryan Gallagher is going to host, uh, co-host with me on that one because I am not a gamer. Not not like you need to be to understand half of what's going on. So tune in for that. And in the meantime, check out the rest of the videos that we've got here. Uh, leave us your feedback. Share with your friends. And we'll be back with more uh, later. And remember to quote Qui-Gon, there's always a bigger fish. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2021, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.